0: due to my my talents. talents
1: Roetta, welcome to the RMN Podcast, how are you? I'm good, thank you, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. How's how's things been for you through the pandemic and things?
0: I've been busy writing, so I've been alright. I mean, I miss gigs, obviously, and travelling, because that's my life. Um, So it's not normal, and if I think about it too much, I get really upset, to be honest. But um, I'm doing loads of writing and working with people that I wouldn't normally have worked with because everybody's normally away and too busy. So that bit's been great. But it is, and it saved me really, um, saved my mind, it saved me from going mad, because my life before this was all about gigs, all about music. I managed myself, I'm just concentrating on sorting out gigs, sorting out, doing, just doing things and getting away and travelling and going international gigs and things, and when all that stopped, I know it's hard for everybody, but we seem to be out first and we seem to be the last ones going back. Um, I think DJs are now just starting to get back into it but singers and bands it's um it's difficult
1: you know from the perspective then of you know it being your life I mean not not every singer has any form of success I mean a lot of singers sing but um you know they, they don't seem to get the lucky breaks or whatever but I mean how, how did you manage to make that bridge into actually professionally recording then what, what was that step for
0: you. Yeah, I don't. I don't think I've had many lucky breaks at all. I've just really, really just sung and not stopped singing and writing. Um, so professionally recording, I was. I think I was still in a, women, a battered wives' home, and uh, somebody I just. I got probably one of the only jobs I've ever had in my life behind a bar when I was in a women's aid refuge, just so I could meet people from a different area. And I was there for about six weeks. I mean, I'm not, I'm not made to be a barmaid or, or to do any jobs. Actually, I'm really rubbish at doing anything. Um, I probably could be a teacher or something like that or a lawyer. But um, um, the um, but doing an actual job where uh, I end up talking too much, to be honest. I'll be talking to people and singing. So I was just behind this bar, just singing along to something, and um, somebody heard me. And now, man, he manages the band Doves now, um, Dave Rove. and um, so, it wasn't a lucky break. He wasn't a big um, successful manager or anything. He just had a radio a record label that he just started up in Manchester. He was only young himself, and he just said this um, he's got these two lads who've done some tunes. Um, Don't want to come and sing on one of their tunes. And that's what I did. And they made, I think, 500 or 1,000 copies. But it really picked up. And places like the Hacienda started playing it. Mike Pickering started playing it and did a wonderful review in Record Mirror. Somebody else did a great review in Melody Maker. Of this one tune, I wasn't taking it seriously at all. It's a house tune called Back Where We Belong. Um, And the group was called Vanilla Soundcore. So it was my first band. I didn't think anything. I didn't have any ambition to do anything. But as I say, it just got great reviews. And every time I sang and performed, people would be talking about it for ages afterwards. I did a gig at the boardwalk, people were talking about it for ages afterwards. I did one at the Hacienda. Um, Somebody spotted me at the boardwalk gig and told Simply Red's manager, You've got to manage this girl. And so it was just that's what my life's been like, really. My voice has just got me through it because I've got no ambitions. And still, I wish I was more ambitious. Um, I wish I was going for them breaks and stuff, but I don't really do much to push myself. I don't do enough. And that's why I don't think, I've, I mean, I think I could have been a lot more successful, but I put my kids in my life first because you have to, um, of course, if you're course. Any, if you're young, yeah. because I had, had them very young. I was only 17, 18 when I had my two, two children and I had a bad marriage. So once i left that and started again, I had to build from scratch. And yeah. And so, um, and it's, so because I've got this thing in the background going on, I have to really make sure that my head's all right. And, I'm all right, my kids are all right, my family and everything. Um, And and still enjoy myself at the same time um, and still sing as much as possible. But it's only in recent years, really, I've got to do all the writing and singing. And this lockdown's been a blessing for that because um, I've become really, really good at recording myself. Got the perfect, you know, building up the right equipment, the right programmes and stuff. And just knowing the sound I want at at home and making um, home a great place to record in. And not needing people, if you're not, if you're not relying on anyone, um, then it's it's much easier. But yeah, so I've, I've just I've just really gone with it. I do I do um I, I manage myself, so I do I, don't, I just don't push myself enough, but I do um, I work hard. I'm up usually every morning at six. I've always been an early riser because probably because I had kids young, and um, yeah, and I get um, I get on it. I'm on I'm very good since the internet came along and social media and all that. I'm quite good at replying straight away to emails and things, which a lot of people. I, I think a lot of people pretend they've not read an email and things. And I, I hate games me. I just, if I've read an email, I reply in case of forget get later. Um, and it's not about being professional. It's about manners in my opinion. Um, I,
1: I I couldn't agree more. I mean, I mean, doing, doing this podcast, um, you know, that you, you speak to some artists and they don't reply and you, and you can tell they've read the email yeah. and, you know, you get the little thing that bounces down and, 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 you know, I think there's that thing there sometimes with certain people. I really appreciate it. I've
0: got these managers do it. We had a manager, um, Happy Mondays had a manager, and he never had a phone out of his hand. Never had his phone. He was always on his phone looking, checking emails, checking texts. You send him a message, nothing, at least till tomorrow, because he's not interested. You know, he's supposed to be the band's manager, and you go, what are you doing? You've always got your phone in your hand. You check every message. If it was a message about money... Or you know something where it'd earn him something, he'd be answering. But if it's a personal thing or you need something for the band, nothing. And I can't stand that. And I'm just not one of them. If I'm busy, then I'll ring people later. But I try to say I'm just doing this. I'll get back <laughs> yeah. to you because otherwise I will forget. And then and often I do forget because I've got a lot going on in my life. So you just it's yeah it's just manners. But um, so I'm good at that. I'm quite professional. I'm just I don't think I'm I don't think I always push myself enough to be honest.
1: So so what what kind of music you say you've been writing music during the lockdown what, what kind of style have you been working on
0: Well it's all house music really and uh, tech house and proper songs as well dance music really I would call it and um, with all sorts of people from Todd Terry Oliver Heldens Salado had lots and lots of releases got lots coming out just done something with Junior Sanchez with WHO who are, are massive at the moment um and doing another one with Oliver Heldens done another one with Salado um, Kenny Dope did a tune with just The uh, list, it really is endless. Um, I've just been really, really blessed um, to be working with all these people. As I say, mainly house music, because that's what my voice is, I think, best at. Big, strong Mm. vocals, um, Mm. dance music to some people. I've done quite a few disco tunes as well during lockdown, because I love disco. Um, a few. We've done one with Terry Farley. The spaces between, which is very Grace Jonesy, because I love Grace Jones, so that's cool. Amazing.
1: She's amazing. Yeah, I'm actually. I'm actually doing a podcast for her coming up. <laughs> so, I mean, she, 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 she's 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 amazing.
0: And and inspired. It's just I did a tune with this Terry Farley, who I've loved for years from Boyzone, and he said you remind me of Grace Jones on this, and I was like, wow, just without even thinking about it. And then so I've done a couple now where I think I know what they mean now instead of all this belting singing, which I do a lot of the big vocals like Jocelyn Brown style. Um, And because I've been sampled so many times for my big vocal um, and everybody knows me for that it's nice sometimes to just lay back a bit and sing just sing and and write and so and I've always loved doing that but I usually save it like for different I do a lot of like charity gigs and people go oh I didn't know you sang proper songs that aren't happy Mondays or aren't house tunes people think that's all you do and it's like no I do I do a bit of everything I've just done a tune with Paul Weller and Gary Cobain from Future Sound of London which is amazing Um so I do, and I did, I worked with Blossoms last year, did the Radio 1 Live Lounge. So I do, luckily I've got that sort of voice that can work with most kind of music, m- most kind of genres and most kind of people. And um, yeah, so I've, I've just been, I've been loving that bit. But then you go, when you do a great tune, all you want to do is go and sing it out or hear it in a club. So yeah. it's absolutely, it's, it's just, it's it's devastating really that it's dragging on so long that, um, you know, but it's, it's bad for everybody. But I do think... We seem to be waiting the longest um, and still, we're not, we're still getting gigs cancelled now, you know, for May, um, possibly June. And yeah. um, We've got an arena tour coming up, uh, myself and Happy Mondays, uh, with James, the band James. And that's amazing, yeah. big arenas, but you just go, I hope it's on. I mean, it's looking good at the minute, but, like, a yeah. few weeks ago, it was looking not so good and we had to look at dates for next year in case that gets cancelled, so... Um, yeah, it's it just, I can't be myself and people going, right you're so positive, and I, you can be positive on social media, but in real life, I, I'm absolutely gutted, obviously, and a lot of the time you do get down, and it's trying not to get too down about it. Yeah. Because um, yeah. you, would, you would drive yourself mad if you get too down. So I usually just try and go for a walk with my dogs and then come back and get some more music done, and
1: and it gets me through the day. So what, what was the connection then? I mean, I mean, obviously, you've done all, the, all this amazing... Stuff, but, but I mean, what was the, the kind of attraction then um, for you to be involved with the Happy Mondays? Because I mean, the Happy Mondays is, I mean, legendary band, amazing band, but but you know, obviously they're not what I would consider dance music. I mean, and and, yeah. and, and yet, well, well, yeah. you know, quite quite indie dance then. I mean, yeah, but, but 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 you know, yeah. You know, yeah, but, but, the more, but, but, to me, it's
0: like punk dance. dance yeah. and punk. And I'm a punk, first of all. I was into punk when I was a kid. I wasn't a singer. I was into punk. So, I mean, like, a group called Crass, Sex Pistols, T-Rex I liked. I liked. And so when I heard Happy Mondays the first time, I just thought I could do whatever Gloria did in T-Rex and make them more commercial, more, and add my vocal mm-hmm. to that. And um, It took me about six months to persuade them. But as soon as I saw them on a TV show and I went to see them in a gig... I just thought, this is the band for me, and I'd never wanted to be in a band before. Um, It's just... I knew it's like, because I'm not going to be some backing singer with a band. I would be at the front with everybody else and singing where I want to sing and doing what I want to do. And this band is the perfect band for a bit of punk and, you know, being a rebel and and that's me, and it's just, um, yeah, being outrageous isn't shocking. It's not that shocking with us like We're all from Manchester or Salford, and it's, um, it was just the perfect band for me, and I just, because I'd just been managed by Simply Red's manager, the office to Happy Mondays was next door, coincidentally, so um, I just used to go in their office and pretend to go in mine and go and sit in theirs all day, get to know everyone, <laughs> until, until I persuaded them, because when I, you're saying the legendary, when I joined them and they weren't legendary, they were more of a cult band. You know, I didn't join yeah. this band that were this massive band, my first gig was g which is a big gig, but that's not the sort of band that... I, when I was seeing them, that's not the venues they were playing. They were playing halls. Um, I first saw them in Widness in a hall. So uh, quite a big hall, but I'd say only about 500 people, you know. Um, yeah, and then, yeah. You, when I did my first gig with them, going to just sang Step On, it was like more like 15,000 or whatever, and going to do Wembley straight away. So I jumped in because of the success of my first tune with them, Step On. It just they went from there to woo and we're doing you know, we're doing top of the pops. When I wanted to join Happy Mondays, Top of the Pops wasn't on my list of things I'm gonna get to do, or Touring the World or doing Wembley or anything like that. That was never, you know, I just love the band. And it is to me, I mean, if you if you heard if you hear tunes like Hallelujah and stuff, and it's it's like it is like indie dance, but it's it's dance, people dance to every tune. There are no boring tunes where people sit back and listen. It's um, a, a proper dancey band, and a lot of um, a lot of the American DJs and now Rogers even they all they're all into um, they all like Happy Mondays they all hurt. I was really surprised but they're, a lot of them say to me I love Happy Mondays uh, Frankie Knuckles used to play Happy Mondays all the time it's alright it's a version of Stinking Thinking I think that Boys Own did Terry Farley and it's mainly my vocal on it but um, yeah but they, they a lot of, a lot of them know Happy Mondays from um, this this um, remix that Terry Farley did and Pete Heller and it amazes me because people I want to work with now and when they go to me they've even heard of Happy Mondays it's amazing or they like my voice on this particular tune and there's one guy he didn't even know Sean he didn't even know there was a male in the band he'd only heard in America a place called the Sound Factory where we played in New York and he'd yeah. only heard this record and he just said um, Todd Patterson had played it over there and he said I didn't even know there was guys in the band he just but he <laughs> you really want but you really they only used that vocal so yeah i think defected put it on one of their records so um yeah it's, it's been it's been um it's um, it's been a great time though i mean it's that was 1990 when i joined the mondays and now we're in 2021 31 years ago and we're still going it's pretty amazing i've not been in the band all that time and they've had quite a couple of uh splits and stuff um but the original lineup have now been back together since 2012 which I think is pretty remarkable. And um, mm. there's only the keyboard player left after a year. So and we're getting on better than ever because we've got nothing to argue about. We're not all living on top of each other. I spend a lot of time, most of the time with Bez, because he's like my brother. But the rest, rest of the band, I don't really see them when we're not working. And so it works great.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean, what, I mean, step on what 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 a massive tune. I mean, actually, you know, we were listening to the tune before the podcast, and um you know there's so many parts to that song I mean there's yeah. so many I, I mean it's got kind of uh, you know almost uh, country bits it's got almost it's,
0: you do know it's a cover
1: yeah but but it's, but, see, so but it's, it's, it's the way that, it's the, way that the, the, the the way that it's been produced in that yeah, particular so version but because it's it was got...
0: folk songs to start with, like a folk, that's where you're going to get the countryside. They catch a little bit of elements of that and just turned it into, it's like dancing, fantastic keyboard riff. And Steve Osborne's a genius who produced it with um, Paul Oakenfold, who's a genius yeah. DJ. But um, yeah, it was like, Normally, I'm quite lazy with vocals. I'm not a backing singer, as I said, and I'm not, um, I, don't, I, I'm, I don't do millions and millions of backing vocals to make somebody sound good. I think it's quite boring to do that. I like to think about the words and all this lot. But they actually got me to sing my bit, oh, you know, like loads of layers and track it and to make it sound perfect, where I am... and Normally, I just like to just sing it one bit, one bit, in and out of the studio, and I'm done because it still sounds good. But I'm so yeah. glad that they had me do a load of different tracks and harmonies um, because it, you know it's great live where I don't have all that but I do love it sounds brilliant on the record every bit of that record is perfect i think oh, and I also, Afro after that and you know there's there's loads of it's, it's perfection a lot of um, the music we're producing back then it still sounds amazing now and you know it still fills dance floors so and still gets people coming to gigs you know we sold out australia and new zealand before all this happened um you know, and, and we do. We still do really well. We're still playing festivals and stuff. We we're supposed to do at Glastonbury, so it's because the songs. You know, it's it's all right having you know, it's it's all right having um being a band together. But if the songs aren't good, you're not going to last very long doing gigs. Um, so I'm really proud because we've not done any new material, which is a shame. Not we've done one, I think, in the last few years. But um, and it is a shame. And I don't know if we ever will. But it's great that we've got those records and the ones before I sang on them are just amazing tunes.
1: I mean, not, 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 who would make that decision nowadays, uh, Ruetta? I mean, I mean, would, would it be just a band collective that would sit down and say, let's make a new record or not? Or, or, or I mean, is yeah, that... Is we
0: that... have talked about it in the past and we were going to do it. It's literally... I think mainly me, Bez and Sean have been really, really busy trying to get everybody's schedules together. It's just difficult because there's a lot of people in the band as well. So one lives in LA, one lives in um, Canada. So... Just, I don't know. It used to be, we used to be all together, so it was dead easy to write together. But I think if we all sat in the same room and wrote together, everybody would kill each other eventually this time around. I think, <laughs> but you can obviously write together apart. But um, yeah. I don't know. I think, I don't know. I don't know. Probably because the drummer, the bass player live in different countries. Probably they would need to sit and jam with the guitarists as well to get them old, the old wave that they used to write. But we did one tune in Panama and it was great for a TV show we did. Um, singing in the rainforest but um, to get that old style writing way I don't I don't know you know it was a different time and different way of life the way we were all partying we had all our mates with us all the time yeah it was different but um, yeah it's a shame and, and and again Sean and Bez have gone into television doing a lot of tv stuff and things and yeah. I'm really into me doing my the music working with different producers and things so it's literally just getting everybody to decide do we want to would it be good enough as well because if you've got a great repertoire already you don't want to spoil people's memories and try and you know because we're not young kids let's be honest you know and so i don't know but it would be also i think alan mcgee when alan mcgee our manager um when if he said i want to have a record i think everyone would try and i think we did have a lot try, but um you know and sean would have to be up for it as well sean's been doing more black grape i think it's easier for him to write with black grape because it's just really him and kermit that write with those with us everybody does their bits so it's a lot more complicated for the mondays to do it especially if they don't i mean the brothers don't always get on all the time as well so um yeah it's more complicated for us a lot of things
1: (laughs) i I was chatting with paul oakenfold we we, we did a we did a podcast and, and and paul was talking about you guys and and he was saying that you know that exactly what we're talking about. I mean, it was kind of like magical moments, you know when when, yeah. when because this the sounds that you're talking about, even even the synthesizer sounds that you're talking about that were used back then, your voice, yeah, you know the the whole feel, everything about it, it just kind of worked really well. Whereas I think you know a lot of songs that were made at that time from other bands or other people maybe sound a bit dated you know yes. it, it, you know where is the mondays it just sounds it just sounds cool it's it, like it it's, just, all, it's, all, it's almost a
0: combination, cold, cold. Of, a combination but also that that year that year i think it it's like the stone roses as well there's certain bands really shone that year um and the, and a lot of bands they've, they've not they've, they've finished now but they, they had that peak we had a moment where the hacienda was great there was um hello yeah i'm here yeah i don't know what's hold sort on, of, someone's come up on my um Remind me later, I don't know what that is. Can you, just one second? No I don't know where my screen's gone. You there?
1: Yeah, I'm here, yeah.
0: Right, then. Sorry. Um, oh, yeah, was, it was this moment, um, 1990, and every, all the record labels wanted to sign anything from Manchester. I mean, I was getting offered deals on my own just because I'm with the Mondays, and I was like, I don't want to leave the band. I'm like, but you could be a big star. And it's like, no, I don't want to. I'm really, really enjoying myself. I'm about to tour America. I don't want to. So I ended up going on Paul O'Connor's label, actually, Perfecto. But then um, the Mondays needed me again when they came from Barbados, and it all went wrong. So I ended up not, you know, putting, like, I should have put myself first, really, in my own career, but I didn't. Um, and I have no regrets about it, because um, we did Yes, Please. didn't go down great, but um, I wouldn't change anything for the world, because, um, you know, the Mondays are very, very special to me. And I think now is now is probably my time with me singing. I'm, I'm working with people who've got millions and millions of followers, you know, these, the best producers in the world are asking me to work with them. Um it's, it's amazing it's, it's blowing me away i get my emails i get messages and it makes me want to cry some mornings because i'm like really i've not heard of some of them and you go wow he's got like seven hundred thousand bloody 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 or millions and millions of followers and in brazil there's this guy vintage culture he said he wanted to do a tune and we had to look him up and he's like huge um somebody called timmy trumpet in australia i didn't know who he was but he's again huge but maybe not. awesome. Only- <laughs> yeah, but I've never heard of it because I because I'm I'm just I just work on my tunes really and go go out clubbing, go to a beta and stuff, but I'm in my own little world. I don't know. I've not heard of a lot of the people. So when I'm getting the emails, and it doesn't always work. I don't always end up doing tunes with them. They send me a tune, it doesn't always work. I might try an idea. I don't even always have to try an idea because sometimes it's just not my cup of tea. Sometimes it's too trancey or too hard techno or whatever. Um or sometimes it's just We just don't connect. If I don't connect with the song, I don't care. I've always said this. I don't care if they're the biggest DJ or producer in the world. If I don't connect with the song, I'll just say, have you got anything else? You know, and (laughs) and you may never work with them again, but if it doesn't work, what's the point? No, no, no. You've you've got to have it. Some some tunes are more meant for a poppy, poppy, bland vocal. Works with some tunes. It just needs a nice, soft, beautiful voice, singing sweetly, something really just in the background there that just touches everybody. That's not me. I want to hit people. I mean every word. Um, you know, I do sing quite sweetly and softly as well, but I've got to really mean it. You know, I did a lovely tune with this guy called Pirate Copy, called Flashback, which is more, it's more, um, I don't know, it's not like out there in, you, in your face. And I, I like doing tunes that aren't all... I did a beautiful one with Youssef who's huge. He's actually um, a brilliant, brilliant DJ and producer uh, called When We Were Free Um, on Free Circus Label, and that's just a beautiful song. Um, And I'm really, really proud of that one. Um, Proper lockdown tune, when we were free, and all about when we're going to be free again. Um, But I've sung it live at a few charity events um, with social distancing, and it's just just so moving um, to be able to do that. But there are, like you said, and and I, we just connected, and the tune connected, and it's brilliant, Um, which happened with Salado. I've known them anyway for a while. but you know, Salado are huge. They've been touring America a few a couple of months ago, um, yeah. and I've done um, a follow-up. But for me, as I say, I've done all all this. My career's just getting interesting now. If all the clubs have been open the last year, I've just worked with some of the best ever. But I've not had the clubs, um, so it's because it is different. If you're just relying on your radio play, can't go out and promote it, can't do anything. You literally just sat. It's not it's not ideal for house music or for club music because um, it's, it's the clubs that sell it, you know, and, and people hear it in a club and go, oh, what's that tune? And we've had none of that. So I'm looking forward to it. it would be interesting as well to see which tunes I've done over the year, if any of them, you know, do start to do well again because, um, because of the clubs. So I'm really excited for once the clubs open. Not even clubs even, just let me sing, uh, because the DJs are managing to do it, I think, even in outdoor spaces. I think that's going to happen. But um, I need to be able to perform soon. It's uh, driving me potty.
1: I mean, I mean, what what's your secret though? Because I mean, you haven't aged. I mean, since since the first time, the first time. I mean, I mean, I'm going way back. I mean, I mean, I mean, you 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 must. I mean, what what is it? What's the secret? I mean, you look you look amazing.
0: My mum's like eighty eighty two, eighty three. She's got great skin. My grandma was the same. She she her skin didn't go old looking. So she's about ninety four, and then she passed away. So I, I think it's keeping out the sun, really do. Um I don't use loads and loads of creams, I don't wear loads and loads of makeup when I'm, I've got all any makeup on now. I just I'm just I don't I just I don't concentrate on what I look like all the time, like a lot of people they are too focused, I've got a full-on makeup all the time, or be in the sun with a tan. Uh, it's just it's I, I just I, but I don't it's not that I'm looking after my skin, I think I'm looking after it by keeping out the sun. Uh, because I drink, I drink, as everybody knows I only drink whiskey, so whiskey must be good for your skin. as well, but so um no but I don't drink every day though you know I drink when I go out and I've not been out for a a long long time so I don't know what it is but it's got to be it's got to be in your jeans because they don't do anything you know I'd love to say I use a magic cream or something but I'm really looking because they're not very lined my my family you know the women in my family I don't my dad's family I don't know because a lot of people say it's black don't crack but I'm talking about the white side of my family that are very, my auntie Sheila, she's a 70 something. And honestly, her skin is like a 30 year old. It's amazing. Um, I put a picture of her up. She looks, she's got like a, a really childlike look and she's 70 something. So that's amazing. But a lot of my black friends, they do have great skin as well because they oil it all the time and look after them. But I'm I'm, I'm really rubbish. I, I always forget to use moisturiser and stuff. So I'd love to say I use some expensive cream and promote it and get loads of money for it. But I don't. What, what
1: your goal? I mean, I mean, What's your goal now? I mean, you've kind of, when I say, you know, for, for some people looking on, you've done it all. But, you know, I've worked with so many artists through the years as a producer and sat in studios and spoke with them and had great conversations with them. And I think with uh, certain certain kinds of artists, you get this obsessional thing where, as you said, that it's maybe not a journey, but but it's just, this is their life. This is what they do. And they've always got a goal. They've always got a goal. They've always got things, and, you know, it never never ends. I mean, I worked with Edwin Starr years ago, and Edwin was, you know, in his mid 60s at that time. Uh, Or, you know, and he was gigging all the time, five nights a week, and he had goals, he had targets, he had things. I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this. And, you know, and and it was amazing to be around because you just got this continual fantastic, um, you know, almost, you know, just full of, you know, passion for what he was doing. And every gig was like his first gig when he would go on the stage. It, it would be incredible, you know. You would be you, going
0: you, mad now, wouldn't it'd Be
1: It'd be like me. It's, it's hard
0: now. Because yeah. I'm like that. Because the, the, my biggest buzz is going on stage and that's what, I've, what um, I got addicted to it when I very first st- stood on the stage. I couldn't believe it because I didn't even know I could sing. And then people would tell me they got goosebumps and people stood up. I just got up and sung because a lady asked me to because she'd overheard me singing. And the response was amazing, and I got used that. You get used to that buzz of the audience, and the feeling when you go on stage. And I don't get nervous; I get really excited because I, I crave that feeling, and mm-hmm. um, and that's what I, why it's it's different for artists like me than some singers who they love other bits of it or the fame and stuff. It's all about me being on stage, and I loved creating. I love being in the studio, but going on stage that's what got me hooked, and I couldn't believe it because I, I've never been told before that. That had this amazing voice, and then all of a sudden people were saying, they weren't just saying I was good, they were saying I was incredible, you know, and it was only about 12, and I just I wasn't even singing a prop, I don't even know what song I was singing. And then I went and did it again, and it happened again. It kept happening again and again, and I kept winning talent competitions, but I didn't know how gifted I was, I just didn't get it. Um yeah. so it's it's just it's it's just in me, but it's um I don't have these ambitions though. I just love gigging. Um I wish I had more ambition, I've said that. Well, um, so I've done, I just want to keep on working as long as I can and uh, seeing and working with the, as many people that I want to work with. There's hardly anybody left on my list that I want to work with. I mean, I would love to work with David Bowie and Marvin Gaye, but they've gone, you know, people like that. But um, Prince, obviously, as well. Um, so there's a lot of people who've gone. So there's only a few left that I've not worked with that I want to. Now Rogers, I'd love to, because I, I know him and I, I love him. Um, and he's brilliant. Mark Ronson, I like. Calvin Harris. But there's not that many left. You know, I work with Paul Ogunfeld, obviously. (laughs) You know, I've worked with a lot of people um, that I want to work with. There's not many left. So, um, obviously, it'd be great to get worldwide recognition because I'm known more for a sample. A lot of people know a sample of mine. and I'm on Boom Boom Pow. It was number one in America for 12 weeks, I believe, with Black Eyed Peas, but nobody knows that's my voice. So, what's you know... I like I want to be credited a little bit for what I've done and I want people to know my voice so it'd be nice probably to have a big hit in America maybe because it's you know it's good I probably wouldn't want to tour up I might never never go there now um again um because it's hard work to go everywhere but I mean I'd love to go there again but it's, um yeah last time I was going I was actually just gonna go and see a friend and they didn't believe me and I needed a work visa I was literally just visiting a friend so because I'm a singer and they've seen my face what they just presumed um so it's it's difficult but um yeah, no, I'd love to, you know, it's like, you know, I, I'm not, in, I don't mind if, it, if I don't win an award, it's not the end of the world, because I've seen people not win them, or people who win them who shouldn't probably sometimes, so that, I don't need that, but it'd just be nice for people, it's nice to, yeah, probably, probably something like, to have a big, big hit, you know, a massive hit, I've had big dance tune hits, um, but it's never been, sometimes my name gets dropped as well and out of out of that equation. So maybe a song that I've written to do really, really well and everybody know because it's got my name on. I do now, I insist on having my name on more things. So, um, you know, you will, Salado on Rowetta, it won't just be Salado, Oliver Heldon's featuring Rowetta. They very rarely drop my name. And the more I've done that, the more important my name becomes. So then they don't want to drop it. You know, they want to mention it. Because I did a tune with Jodie Harsh and my name kept getting dropped. It was just Jodie Harsh, but I'm a singer on the tune. I've written it with her. And it was really starting to get on my nerves because it does get on your nerves because he only says Jodie Harsh. And it's like, why have you done that? And so I'm really trying to insist that please try and make sure I'm mentioned because otherwise, to me, it's not about the money and the fame like that. I want to be credited. I want people to go, oh, it's Rowetta's voice, if you didn't know already. Because these people have told me from a sample, that's not you on that record. And I have to prove it's me on a record, you know, for the <laughs> for the money. And also just because somebody's it's stealing to me when they just use your voice without asking it's theft really. So it's, um, you know, I spend a lot of time making sure that I get credited and paid for when I'm played on the radio, but it's not easy because the people in the first place do it without asking.
1: No, I mean, that, that I mean, it must, it must be really cool for you to, to, to be in control of what you do now, because a lot of artists, I mean, you've mentioned you manage yourself, which, which is, absolutely unbelievable i mean because so many artists of you know the stature of where you're at would have a manager maybe this a publicist or this or that the next thing i mean you know how I do you find
0: probably, I'd probably do a lot better if i did that uh, but <laughs> <laughs>
1: how, how do you find being having that though how do you find being um in that position do you enjoy that or do you not enjoy that
0: yeah, it's, I mean, sometimes I know I'd be in a lot better position if someone was doing everything for me because it can get a bit too much. I do take on too much. I accidentally say yes to things I shouldn't say yes to because I'm just busy doing. If I'm in the studio, I go, I'm in the studio, but I have to reply all the time. I go, oh, go on, then I will do it. And then you're like, oh, God, and you look at my schedule and it's like, and a lot of it's for free and for charity events. of But sometimes I just haven't got the, the time to do it. And I've said yes to too many and I hate things clashing. And I hate letting anybody down. Um, where a manager would do it for all that for me, but I did. I saw an interview with David Bowie, who I absolutely adore now still and worship—not like, worship, but worship him. Um, it's something about him. It's like, um, yeah, just any any of his words in interviews. I was just I used to really, really listen. And he's the one who said, "Don't you don't need a manager? Don't get a manager. You get a lawyer to do the legal stuff. You get an accountant to sort your money out that you trust." He just said. You don't need a manager. He's right. You can get a PA. You can get a stylist. You can get all those things yourself. You don't need. Yeah. In I mean, it's great. Some people bands like we've got Alan McGee. Alan McGee wanted to manage the Mondays when the when the job came up. I said to him, I put him forward actually. You know, and he's great for the Mondays. The Mondays need a manager because it's a band. But I don't want a manager that's not right for me, who's not going to give me enough attention because I reply straight away. Managers don't. If somebody was representing me and and they took a week to reply to somebody, I'd be really peed off because it looks bad on me. And most of the managers that I have tried out, they're not as on it as I am. They're not as honest as I am, and they're not as devoted to um, looking after your career, in my opinion. By it's all about oh I've, I didn't have time to ring him back or you know oh we'll have dinner one day, and you know and it's like the, the, to represent me, you would have to probably do, be exactly like I am be at you know on it all the time um yeah yeah, when somebody asks me do you want to do a a tune together I don't want to have to go through a manager I don't want someone to contact a manager to say they want to work with me because it might never get the message may never get to me people managers don't know how important some people are like I haven't heard of Timmy Trumpet you know I look him up a manager might not do that A manager who didn't have heard of him might have gone oh you know not, I don't think I'm doing a tune with Jimmy Trumpet, by the way. He sent me something. and I don't think it's going to work. But I'm just saying. For instance, you know, I I I look at everybody, even like the the guys who've made tunes in a bedroom. I'll have a look at it and I'll reply out of courtesy. I probably won't do a tune with someone who's not done anything at the moment because it's going to be unless. But I do have a little listen. I have listening days where I listen to everything, and then if they've done a tune, if I love that tune. Then I'll give it a go if I love it, but I've got to love it. And if they've never had a record out before and they just made it in the bedroom, then I really have to love it. But you know, I, I wouldn't say no, but I've got to love it. Whether it's yeah. other, other people who've got big names or big deals or whatever, then I do give it more of a listen because they are, you know, they'll change it for you, they'll swap it round, they know how to do it. You're not gonna offend them by saying this like people say to me all the time, oh no, that's not quite right, it's not working for me. Can you do another verse or try another this? And because I've been in it so long, it's not gonna heartbreak my heart. I just say, rip it apart. I'll redo it, change anything. I write, I always record my first ideas and send them to producers if I love a tune. If I don't love a tune, it takes me ages. And if it starts to take ages, it's probably not gonna work. Um, Yeah, there's there's some people I've really tried to, you know, I've I've tried it four times. I've tried to get some kind of ideas for a tune because I wanted to work with somebody. But then you do have to say at the end of the day, can you just send me something else? Or we're not going to probably work together because it's not going to work. Um, because there's nothing... I mean, I've, I've, there's not many tunes I've done that I really I get embarrassed about or or um, I regret doing. And I, I want it to stay like that. There's a few I've yeah. turned down. At what time is Love, KLF? I was uh, Somebody offered me that. I think it was the publisher. And I said no. And I should have said yes. There's a few of have turned down uh, because I didn't really like the tune. And that was really stupid. It was number one for nine weeks, years ago. And... Um, but if you don't love a tune, I've always been like, if I don't love it, I'm not doing it. Um,
1: so, what, what, I mean, a lot of a lot of the people that listen to this podcast are music students, um, and they would be probably very interested to know um, you're, you're recording at home now, which is great. And you mentioned, you know, equipment. What, what what kind of stuff do you normally use to record your stuff?
0: I use I just use my MacBook, um, and I use a microphone. I use an NT. One a road microphone, but the, but these different microphones for different people. But it's quite it's out of out of the microphones. Um, if you've got a voice like mine, it works. But out of a good good microphone, it's took me ages. Also, when you're on a budget, it's difficult. But you don't need a big big thousands and thousands of pounds one. For me, the rode NC1A works just as good. And um, all these top top producers, they're they're saying it sounds great. So that means they don't know what it's co- what I've sung into. That means it's coming. But you've got to find your own. I tried. Seriously, I spent a lot of money on microphones for home. A lot of money on um, mi- mix little mixed things that you plug your microphones in and you to yeah, yeah. gain on and take the gain off, your little mixed things. Um, I've tried all sorts. I bought a mini studio. I've tr- I-, I bought everything. And that's what you should do if you can. And I used to spend any money I made on the kids and that lot, but I would always make sure I bought little bits. As I was learning it and every computer I've upgraded and gone along since having a computer when I was a you know, when when all you could do on it was Space Invaders and games and there wasn't <laughs> yeah. it was DOS. I had computers when it was DOS before there was Windows. So um and I used to build computers and fix my son's computer. So um I've become really pretty good at stuff like that and use whichever programme suits you. I'm not gonna um Promote any particular program because I've I use quite I've used different ones to be honest and um, and whichever one you find easiest is that's the one for you but um, don't think you can't do it that's what I would say just give it a go I'm not an expert in music production by any means but I, now I produce my vocals enough and I send them dry take off all so I record them with effects so they can have a listen. So it sounds nice in my ears. Then I take all the effects off, send them to the, to the producer. Some producers ask me to send them with the effects on um, because they're not good at doing effects. But my effect, I'm not, I'm not amazing at effects, but I've got a good voice. Some people need more help in that area. They need more delay or whatever, and I haven't got a clue. I just have a, a little knob, I just press it, and then I take it off. Um, <laughs> Fantastic. It's not, it's, not quite, it's not quite like that, but you know, it's, just, uh, <laughs> the program, it's quite easy to take off effects. Uh, but it's not reverb. It's a mixture of stuff, and it. Pro- I think it's called natural vocal on my thing, and I just press natural vocal, and it gives you something. It, so it sounds natural, but it gives you some. It gives you a bit of. Um, yeah, it, it sounds proper, but for some producers who are great at effects and things, it's not good enough for them. They they need your dry vocal. Um, but yeah, no, it's um if you if you if you're not a good singer though, not a great singer and you or in a band and you're not great, great because there's singers and then there's great singers and I've got a very good voice, and you know, singing is what I do. Um yeah. and it's not being big headed, that takes years before you can say it as well or admit it, otherwise you think, oh I can't say I used to actually say, Oh no, don't say I've got a good voice, you know, because it's ridiculous. <laughs> singers know singers who've got a good voice, you know, um, and so it's silly um to pretend, but but it's just not being big headed, not not sounding arrogant. But um, when you've got a good voice, it's a lot easier. Um, But other people, you might need help. You might be better going into a studio because um, uh, recording vocals at home, it's not going to sound great for everybody. I don't have pads in my studio or anything like that. You know, like people, they need to have it padded the room. They need um, loads and loads of stuff to get the studio right. If I want to record something, I record it in my bedroom in the morning with a microphone next to my bed on my MacBook. And those vocals, some of those vocals, Todd Terry's used one of them and so, Terry's one of the biggest producers in the world, yeah. and he's used one of the ones I've sung in bed in the morning with no, um, what, the pair of in front of my wrist, is what they call them things. Just literally yeah, just Pop Shield, hand yeah. Hand. Yeah, I have a microphone. I normally have a microphone next to me all the time, is it? but uh, yeah, Pop Shield, but I've got um, a Pop Shield on it now. But I do, and that in the morning, I, that's, it's, I normally have a microphone in case I'm in the mood or come up with an idea. As I said, I'm a bit obsessed. That's why I don't think... Um, I, I do have relationships, but I don't usually bring them home because if I want to do a tune, I'll be out. if I get in, if I get in the mood, yes, yeah, I'm more likely to get in the mood to do a tune than anything else at home. I mean,
1: amazing, amazing. I mean, what I mean, you, you know, you talked about that your kind of uh, you know relationship with the, the thing is is really the the live performance is the big thing for you. You know, you you must have done thousands of gigs. Through, through the years um, but the one thing I, I, I've i done a lot of gig in, in my past and you know my early I mean I was an artist I started as an artist and, and uh, I did a few big gigs like really big gigs 14 and a half 15,000 people and I would come off stage and I always found it so difficult to come from the stage back to normality you know and um, and I've asked this to, to nearly everybody actually that's been an artist and because because I always find it fascinating, the answers is, is that how do you balance the life between being on stage, massive audiences, that high, that adrenaline that you get, that, I mean, there's nothing like it. I mean, it's just such an, when that crowd's, make a noise, cheer, scream, whatever, and it goes right through your chest and out your back. And then you can go to that to a quiet hotel room or a quiet, you know, living room or something like that. How how do you manage to balance that out?
0: Well, I don't always go back to a quiet room. I quite often do after parties with Bez and stay up all night. If <laughs> um, before a gig, I'm I'm very, very quiet. Before a gig, I'm a different person. I like to focus. I do my sound check, then I sit in my room on my own. That's what I like. Bez likes loads of people backstage when I'm with the Mondays, so I try and avoid everybody because I'm just not in the mood for people to come and drink my drinks, annoy me, or anything else. Or put me off what I'm focused on. I might be thinking of lyrics or whatever, or you know, I might just not feel myself. And so you've got to build yourself up. But I'm very once I'm, once I come off stage, I've not got this um, different personas or anything. I'm exactly the same. I'm just I can sing. That's it. But I'm as when but when I walk around anywhere. I'm either walking my dogs with my head down and then shopping with my head down or I'm Rowetta and I'm walking round. I'm a singer and um, there's a definite difference. It's Even if I've, I'm not done up or anything, I either walk with my head down, don't want to be recognised. I do it in the airport sometimes when you're tired. Don't I don't get recognised by anyone if I keep my head down. But when I lift my head up and walk in a certain way as if I'm a singer, as if I'm going on stage, people come up and say, oh, you're that singer or you're Rowetta or whatever. And um so I just i do it's it's literally um whatever mood I'm in I'm either I am I shouldn't be out in the streets at all because I'm not really feeling sociable or I'm very sociable and um yeah but I'm very, very good at just switching switching it off if I want to. I love my own company, I did before all this happened um to concentrate and write songs and and do my social media and stuff I love all that, or as I say, I did it's a different world now because I've done it all for too long, I need to get out but um yeah I'm very very and I just love the going on stage, but I've always been like that. I come off and it's lovely, everyone says you're amazing and all that lot. But it doesn't change me. It doesn't make me think, oh, I've got my buzz now and I can't come down. Um, It's just sometimes I just go out and get drunk with Bez and party or do an after party and say, and a lot of the thing gigs I do, I'm not, if I'm doing a club, a late PA, I might not be on stage. It might be a gay club at two in the morning. So it's either go to bed or stay up and party. And it's, you know, and the older I get, I know, or if I've got a gig tomorrow, then I have to try and make myself go to bed or if sometimes I've got to drive somewhere so I can't drink. And But I'm, I'm really, really... It's just all about the gigs, first and foremost, but I, I'm not one of these people that comes off and has to calm down and all that. Um, I do... I try and see my friends after gigs and stuff. Um, that's for them, though, because, um, you know, people like to see you after a gig. Um, quite often, I am knackered sometimes... Sometimes after, um, you know, giving it everything on a stage, you are tired, you're sweaty, you're all that. Like, you really want to go back to your hotel room and have a bath and stuff. But, you know, you've got to, um, you've got to be with your mates. And the minute I am with my mates and with the fans at after parties and stuff, I absolutely love it. There's nothing better. And, um, but, but I'm not two different people, though. It, it is this... Um, when, because it's once you accept it, you've got a good voice. Or it's like, Bez, there's something special about Bez. And once he accepts that about himself then it can be Bez all the time. You know, he doesn't have to yeah. feel bad about it. Like, he doesn't have to say, I don't do anything. Yes, you do. You know, and you have this effect on people. And the minute you start to accept that, then you do, you you know, and like now, Bez walks through an airport, everybody recognises him, but he's Bez all the time. You know, he doesn't have to, yeah. have his, you know, as I say, when, you know, we all want to be quiet sometimes. I'm not always in the mood to talk to people. Or when I'm busy, I've been, or I've been on a train and someone's woken me up to, to, to you know, oh my God, it's you, can I have a selfie? And I'm asleep on a train. And, you know, and it's really rude. It's really ignorant. And then they've said, are you the one from Big Brother? And it's a few years ago, this. And it's like, woke waking me up anyway. I'm not Beyonce. They didn't think I was Beyonce. They thought it was someone from Big Brother. They couldn't remember what program I'm on or whatever it was. And it's like, you shouldn't do that to people. And I've had people being rude and waking me up or, you know, stopping me where they shouldn't. Um, i Have had bin men taking pictures when I'm picking up dog poo? You know, it's like, and people wow. oh, not asking, or please wait here for me, mum, while they while they go to get the mum to meet me, and I will, I'll wait in a in a, a forecourt of a petrol station, and they go home, and I've i stood there, I've been stood there for fifteen minutes waiting for someone, thinking they're going get the mum from Tesco, and they've gone home to get the mum, and it's like, as I say, I'm not Diana Ross, it's not the end of the world if you don't get a selfie with me. Um, I'm honest about it. You know, I'm yeah, there are some really crazy happy Mondays fans. There are people who really love my voice, but it's not the end of the world if you don't get a selfie that day. But you know, I try because the world is different now. And um it used to be an autograph, and I think it makes much more sense to have a photograph than an autograph. I didn't never I never understood Absolutely.
1: Yeah, no 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 one really believed the autograph thing, did they? I mean that was well, the you thing. Can get it
0: anyone. I mean, I've I've signed Bezes now and again, <laughs> all the Bez, because he's not about <laughs> Because you know it might if it makes the thing worth something more, which it does now sometimes, but uh, or if they've got the whole band and they have they've got one missing. But um yeah, I don't I don't really get it. Unless you get a photo of them doing the autograph, then that's great. But I never got the autograph without any proof. Or yeah. can you do it for my mum? What's the what's for what? What's the yeah. point in writing to Sheila Love Rowetta on a white piece of paper? You might you, can I, I remember, anybody, you can get anybody to do it?
1: I remember years ago the, the 1990 Brits Awards. We went down to London and and uh, at the time I was doing I was a dancer and we were on the TV show which was kind of Manchester based actually it was called The Hitman and Harley yeah, it I know was it. Pete Waterman and Michaela Schraken. and all I
0: remember
1: that. it yeah Yeah well 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 the guy that danced in it was Clive Wiggy I and remember Clive
0: Wiggy
1: yeah Yeah he had the, the, the white wig on so yeah. so we, me and Clive went down to the Brits Awards and Clive was going to be a featured dancer on the the, the the Brits. And, you know, everyone was backstage in the after party, Tina Turner and Bobby Brown and all the sort of thing. And Clive's running about with this brown paper bag, like a kid in a street shop. And it's like, all he could get was a brown paper bag.
0: Oh, to get them to autograph it.
1: And and he's got this brown paper bag to this day and it's it's everybody's on it. Andrew. I mean, if you get a photo
0: Bob... of them doing it, then that paper bag's worth loads. But you need a photo <laughs> you know, of them doing but, but it.
1: You're, you're like it's a shitty brown
0: paper bag. No, well, but that would be <laughs> worth a fortune if you could prove it, because people yeah, know, are so good at faking autographs as well. You could never prove it.
1: You know, but it was just, I mean, this picture of, of, of Wiggy going up to Liza Manelli and going, Can you sign my bag?
0: <laughs> the amount of napkins I've signed, you know, loads of napkins are just going to get ruined. Yeah. By the end of the night, they will be, you know, there'll be a mess when they get on tissue paper, you know, people's arms. And there have been quite a few tattoos that people have tattooed our signatures, um, which is nice. And pictures, someone's got a big uh, me with my whips on the leg, which is amazing, which are posted on um, all the Facebooks and everything. But um, it's, it's absolute, it's tribute when people queue up to get your autograph or picture. It's lovely. It's just, you know, when you're just living your life, though, with the selfies now, it's just gone absolutely mad. Where people just think they can come and intrude on you while you're eating, while you're sleeping. I just yeah. think, still still have a bit of manners, you know, because, as I said, I do get it when some you know, if somebody massively famous is there. And, yeah. You know, then I get it, I suppose. But even then, when I've met anybody that like I'm really into my football, very Eric Canton, I was over there, there's nowhere to rush over and go, Can I have a selfie, Eric? I'd have a bit of respect, you know. I would yeah, say, yeah. please must along go and ask if he'll have his picture taken with me because I love him, you know. And it's like, um, yeah. But it's but it's, uh, people nowadays they expect it, they demand it, they want it. And that's what I was saying, um, I said just um, when the lockdown, that that's one bit I wouldn't miss. Um people coming up to you because it is in your little space because that's the difference probably between it's not it's not me being on stage that's me anyway i have i'm quiet times and i have this um you know where you go out and i am party person i don't come home and I'm the last one out you know i'll go back to your house now i won't leave until <laughs> until, I've, until i can't stay anymore you know um i, I just I have a social side but then I, I like to be on my own as well because it could just get too much but, um, is that the
1: hardest part? Is that the hardest part of the business for you? Is is the the kind of pester and selfie thing? Is that the? You know, bit, I bit, love
0: people, but I love people, but I don't. I don't want all that all the time because I'm. i never like the famey side. Um, it's just that. Um, yeah, it's just I'm quite a private person in the daytime. I just. I like walking my dogs. I like quiet time, and when because because I'm so sociable, when people meet me and they'll go, "Oh my God, Robert, I saw you last week." But I'm not still like that. I'm not like that all the time. Or they've seen you on TV. Or they seen me with Happy Mondays, and it's like I've had, I've had lads who think I've got I'll have whips all over my house, and it's like no, it's just a prop on stage. That's not <laughs> me. It's just um, I'm just having a laugh. But um, I don't always want to um, be. I don't go to I don't go out to the pub every night or anything like that. Because I'm, I'm not a big drinker away from the party scene when I'm out. I don't drink at home. So I think that's what it is. I think it's more when I socialise, I properly socialise. And when I don't want to, I really don't want to. And I think that's why you can last and why I don't look ancient now because I don't hammer it all the time, and, and I do keep myself to myself, and I've am not, i I've got rid of a lot of it as well. Get rid of all bad, bad energy if you can, people who don't really like you, because the worst yeah. of it, as you were just saying before, back to what you said, Um, it's for me is the fakeness of some people, the fakeness of the industry is very difficult. <clears throat> the promises people make, I've seen so many people hurt by being promised things and stuff or relying on other people. That's again what you were saying before. I don't need to really rely on many people. Um, I just get on with it and... I'm not too ambitious, but um, I work really hard. Once I do decide I'm going to work on something, I work on it. Um, yeah, the, the most ambitious I've been, I think, was wanting to join the Mondays, but for the right reason I just wanted to join this band, and I thought, i would be great for them. Um, I never thought, oh, it'll be great for me. I didn't see beyond... <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> <coughs> Excuse me.
1: Mm, no worries, no worries. So, 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 so I mean, I Oh, that's okay. Oh. No worries. No worries. I'll let you get. i let you get a drink. Right. So, so, so I mean, regarding all the, the, the sort of, uh, you know, you said that you know your life is being a singer and just just being, you know, having that whole thing, but you must have had mass. You've mentioned David Bowie, but you must have had massive um, influences. That 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 created because I believe every singer, um, you know, you you singers all have phrasing. I was over in America in two thousand six, and I, you mentioned Prince, and I was working with Prince and all these bands, and all the all, all the people over there, and you know, back backing vocalists like Kip Blackshaw, for an example. He's you know, good
0: singers. I know what you mean, but yeah, I hate
1: the word backing. Yeah, no, but he he had a Pacific style phrasing the way he sang yeah and he came and he came from arkansas and and this is what this was what created this sound and that the he prince,
0: had. All, all all the people who worked with prince i think were the best and the singers i see what you mean but i didn't yeah. have anybody inspiring not vocally i was into punk so i really shouty voices not singing um and yeah Because I didn't really know, I've never been encouraged to sing, so I didn't think I want to sing like that person. A lot of the kids now, they see all these shows, or they love Adele, they want to sing like Adele or Amy Winehouse. But um, back then, I was just into punk, honestly. And just, it would have been, Myra Hindley's on the cover, your very own sweet auntie mother! That's the the vocals (laughs) I was listening to. And I think, I really believe, because when I got this, all of a sudden I got this gift and found I could sing, I wasn't trying to sound like anybody, and that's What I think gives me um, a one-up on other people, I don't really sound like anybody else. People recognise my voice because I've never tried to sound like anybody. Uh, If anything, I've tried to stop myself from when I was a little younger girl, probably a teenager, trying to stop myself from sounding like Shirley Bassey because that's what I would have listened to as a kid during my mum. And it's like, God, I don't want to be like a cabaret singer sounding but I've got this big voice that can sound like Shirley Bassey but I don't want to be a Shirley Bassey tribute or anything Uh, but now I can do a Shirley Bassey song and it doesn't sound it sounds like me Um, but that's because I've got my own voice but it's because I listen to music that's completely different to how I sing that I think I've got this voice and that's why I believe I get sampled a lot because it's and people know my voice when they hear it when they just hear it they know it's my ooh and that's oh no, no,
1: no, you you, you you, do have a very distinctive voice. No, but I think I, I mean, it's
0: because I've never tried to or I've never listened very much. It's Marvin Gaye's my favorite voice, my favorite vocalist, but I've never sung. I usually listen to him more than sing along as well because I just listen. Um, I do Let's Get It On. I sing that now when I do some shows, maybe when I do balls for charity and stuff. But I do Let's Get It On, but it doesn't sound like Marvin Gaye. It sounds like me doing Let's Get yeah, It On. Of and yeah, yeah, of course. That's what I love. So. Because, yeah, it's not. Try- I've never tried to sound like anyone, and yeah, I haven't. And that to me, when I love a singer now, it's usually because they've got this unique voice, you know. And there's lots of singers that I love now because I just hear them. But I've never listened in a way like some singers. who want to be like this one? It's like if you listen to David Bowie, you wouldn't. It's- if you can try and sound like David Bowie singing, but you're not gonna. Or Prince, they've got this no, unique. No. You've got this unique sound. Apart from being great musicians and songwriters, um, you're not gonna you're gonna sound like a, an impersonator if you do try and sound like any of those. And um, yeah, and I know, I know there's some girl singers that get by and they do very well, you know, just copying other sing, other vocals and other songs. That's not me. I, I like to be original. I like to be unique. And I like I love it when people recognise my voice. Johnny Marr did it in a park one day, a park near me where I walk my dogs. Johnny Marr from the Smiths is walking along. And he went, Roetta, are you on the new Inner City tune? Your Love. He said, I heard it on the radio. It sounds just like you, but there was no, he didn't know who was who was singing it. I said, well, it's Paris Gray singing it. How did you know that was me? I'm on this tune called Your Love by Inner City. And he did just heard it on the radio. And I'm just doing, I'm not a backing singer, but I'm doing backing vocals on this tune. Paris Gray singing the lead. And all right, my backing vocals. And it's, it's a version where it's not really backing vocals. It's like a featured vocal serial diva mix or something it's called. I didn't even know it had been released. And he recognised... He said, "Is that you?" And he, he had no idea that I'd. Well, this is years ago. I was so chuffed. It's like <laughs> that means Johnny Marr knows my voice. And, and when Johnny Marr introduced me to Now Rogers a few years later um, at Part Life, he said, "This is one of the best singers in the UK." And I said, "I know. I know you think that as well because it's, like, it's really, it's really weird." But the fact that he knew my voice like that, and it's a great vocal on the Inner City tune. I was, I was honest. I was so, so chuffed. I and mean, when he introduced me as that's now Rogers, it does help. You know, he makes now Rogers go. Oh, well, I love Happy Mondays. But then he'll look <laughs> up. Who are you? You know. And we've gone ever since, to be honest. And um, if he wasn't working with everybody else, and the same with me, then we probably, I mean, may do something soon. It'd be nice to do something with now Rogers. I mean, more than nice. I love him.
1: I, I think, I think that, that there's a very good chance that will happen. I mean, I mean, I've, I've, I've met met Niall and you know, he's one of the type. He, he, very much like what you were saying. If you email. Now he answers you back. You oh, know, put it he... on
0: Twitter that we're going to do it and we might get Johnny Marr on board. It's just literally not happened because he's been so, so busy. There's a list yeah. of people with record labels and managers that he agrees and his manager has agreed to work with. So it's just time. But uh, i just done a, a tune with WHO. I don't know if you say who or if you say WHO. And they've just done a tune with Now Rogers and Josh Barry. So they, their next tune will be with me. So it's getting there. It's getting really, really close. And I was going to say, we should get Niall on it, but I'm not pushing it. I think if it happens, it happens. Fingers
1: um, crossed. We, fingers crossed. You no, know, sure. you
0: know, Because I wanted to work with him, though, before he'd worked with all these people. Now now he's just working with everybody. It's not special. Um, it's, it's more special that I've, I've danced on stage in between him and his bass, Jerry Barnes. I'm dancing in the middle. I was invited to go and stand in the middle while they played in front of 200 people. Things like that are special. Um, yeah. is is some of his messages to me. And when I've met him, um, he said to me when he came, he played The Ritz with uh, Sheik. And he messaged me uh, to see where I was. And I said, I've got a cold. I don't want to come backstage. I've come to the gig. But he's asking, where am I? Because he said, I want to meet you before the show, not after, because I've got to get straight off. And I thought that was really lovely and made me feel special. But I said, I'm full of a cold. So if you've got, and I love the girls from Sheik, are amazing singers, but I don't want to go back there and give everybody a flipping cold. So, no. um, yeah, so I was respectful. I, I really didn't feel well, but I thought, I'm not going to miss it for the world. If now Rogers puts you on the guest list, you go. But I really you go,
1: wasn't... of course you do, of course yeah, you do. I
0: really, I really wasn't well, but he couldn't believe it. And it's like, "But it's like he said, respect, because, you know, you've got respect to the singers and musicians.
1: So if have you, have you were starting out today for the first time, so for for all the students, really, um, you know, if you were starting out today for the first time, what what, what advice would you give to singers or artists or wannabe artists uh, from the experience that you've had uh, in the music industry? What what advice would you give to them to say, you know, here's a little pocket of magic to take with you?
0: Yes, well, definitely. um, First of all, it was completely different. It's been completely different. When When I was singing with the Mondays first time, I didn't have a mobile phone. There were no mobile phones even, let alone computers, ways of getting music to people. You're so, so lucky. Remember how lucky you are now. Be grateful for that. If this was the way it is now, I would have done so much better because I'm a great worker. I love my music. I love being in my bedroom, making music and stuff. But we didn't have that. So be really grateful and make the most of it because the way you can communicate with people now, we didn't have that. You can send you... I can send my vocal to LA and they can have it, you know, when they wake up every day. And that couldn't happen before. I don't even know how we we managed to work out collaborations before because now... (laughs) We, you know we didn't have mobile phones to so say you'd be out you'd have to give them a card maybe of your of a phone number and you hope you hope you were in i don't even think i always had a voice answer machine you know so i don't know how we how we managed before but we did but my the thing i i do that i think gives me longevity apart from loving it because if you fall out of love with doing it and the music then it's a waste of time some people do well loving fame and money that's not for me the reason that I think I I naturally do well rather than you can you can carve a career and create one. But I do it without trying too hard on that side. And the reason that I think I attract producers and musicians because I never stop. I love it. And you were saying about Edwin Starr earlier. I just I'm, I'm one of them. I love it. I go I don't go a day really without singing unless I'm away busy. I find it even hard to go on holiday. I make myself go to Ibiza. But there I usually do sing when I'm there. (laughs) <laughs> um, you no, know, but you know, I go to places where I usually do, I know people who own the clubs and stuff, and I'm, i usually get up on a night and I quite often get paid for it. I do you know I do quite well. But um yeah, because because that's what I love. I don't really go where there's no I, I take my make myself go to Lake Garda for a break because then I come back and I'm great. My writing gets better. Because you if you need to, if you if you get a bit stale or life getting in the moment is the wrong time to say it. But if you If you're a writer and you need a bit of, sometimes you need a bit of inspiration and not the same old, same old, find somewhere that, you know, everyone's got a place and it might take you years to find it. I go to Lake Garda and now um, I find it in things like, we're just walking my dogs and things. And that enables me to create really beautiful stuff. Um, and appreciate things but as as well a really important thing get rid of anything negative because in the music industry if you're working with anyone who's got the jealousy or not on your side or doesn't congratulate you and you do well watch out for those people because it will get you down and it you know it's not helpful Um, you don't have to fall out with anybody but don't have them around you all the time because I've noticed there are people that just they never say well done but they, they like to watch when you're do when you not doing as well. But they don't say, well done. And it's much better. You know, my mum's not a big person to say, well done. I don't I don't mind it because she's never done that. Um, but it'd be nice if she did, you know. And my kids don't say it very often, but I don't need it because I've got loads of people, especially now, who say it. But I'm saying it is nice to sometimes get some kind of encouragement because people say to me, oh, you know you're good. So they don't need to say that you're a good today. And that's, it's really, you want your friends to tell you, especially when you've got them backstage and gotten passes, but sometimes they're too busy wanting to get your free drinks and all that lot. If they're not there to support you, really genuinely support you, and they're not, it's not doing you any good, then really think about that, because for the future, you need, you do need some somebody to encourage you. You know, even if it's just one person, Bez is very good with me Um <clears throat> When I need it, you know, he does show an interest, he supports me. If somebody says, Can we have a word with Bez for a magazine article to speak about me? It's straight away I do it. And and other people they'll only do it for are paid, you know, and they're well-known. Um yeah. you, need, you need people on your side. And um, yeah, but it takes years sometimes to find those people. And you do have to, you do have to work with some sharks. I work with people now that I don't choose to spend much time with, but I have to work with them. Um, but they're not they're not, they're not making not, they're not making me ill or making me depressed or anything. Sometimes we've got to work with people we don't love all the time because they're brilliant <laughs> at the job, maybe, or because you know there's people who do things that you need. It's it's like the people in the money game. I'm not good with good at um, you know, I'm not obsessed with money like then how much is the fee? But sometimes it really helps like get an agent who is obsessed with the fee, because that'll really help you. But um, and I feel guilty sometimes if an agent's asked too much. I go, oh my God, I would, you know, that that would, you know, cripple you. What it makes, means the gig can't happen if you, you know, if you pay that much. And I'd rather sing most of the time. But um, unfortunately, a lot of people know that I'd rather sing than be paid loads. And then, but um, to be (laughs) fair, I do do, do lots of gigs, lots of gigs that we, we, you know, we get well paid for when when life is normal. Um, And it enables me to do gigs sometimes and a lot of them for charity or for, you know, for a lesser wage because I love it, you know, and especially if it's local you know if I, if what what we're going to do sit at home I, you know I like going out singing that's what I do and um, helping people and you should give back always give back and if you give back you'll get it back in heaps and back and you really really will you, that's why I get so much love because I give a lot of love out but I get so much back
1: and um, yeah and it's so, um, so positive, positive energy creates positive energy and and, I, 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 and, and let up I'm going to say well done to you because you've done amazing. I mean, you've done absolutely amazing in this place. Not I, I, I know, I know, I know. We've got the goals. We've got the big moments to come. The number one no, in America. No, no. I'll
0: be honest. I've recorded loads. That I've, I don't know when they're being released. I've got my next release. I think there's one in May and there's one in June. But I've got I'm, I'm one in August the sixth, I believe. But there's there's a lot of tunes that are to be released, and I'm not the Paul Weller one and things like that. I haven't got a clue. But this year there'll be a lot of releases. I just hope I can sing them out and and I hope to hear them in a the club. And then
1: I'll be a happy girl. Ruetta. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. I've loved it. And, uh, you know, you're, you're so grounded and so full of great information. And, you know, I think, uh, you know, an inspiration to, to everyone listening because. You sure
0: you have me crying.
1: Thank you. <laughs> no, no, no. But, but it's been a pleasure. You've been being Thank you so much. Thank you for your time. You're very welcome. Thank you. Take care. Take care. Bye bye. Bye bye.